Hey, what's going on? This is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets, the podcast to help you get more customers, make more per customer, keep them coming back with the power of the pen. I've got another Aussie on the line here on the podcast. Today, I've got Jackson Blackledge from... Does he have an agency name? <laughs> I think this is his personal brand. But um, anyway, he's a, he's a paid per performance Google ads agency. And interesting about uh, Jackson is I found him on Twitter. So if you... Have don't have me on Twitter, by the way. Go add me on at Jules Dan Copy. But anyways, found Jackson and uh, saw his story on one of these th- threads, and it said that he only really started probably less than two years ago. I could be wrong with that. I think it's around two years ago, and uh, he's basically built his Google Ads agency from Twitter. Now, mind you, he had the skills, knowledge, and confidence to do the thing very well, but he uh, he's gotten really good clients out of it, and he also noticed as well that probably slightly different than mine like uh, on a retainer base he doesn't more pay on performance but uh keeping clients ongoing recurring revenue it is the best way to go for peace of mind for security for big paychecks and we share a lot of raw stories of you know before that life and a lot of things that come with retaining good clients right now especially if they're paying you monthly and they're paying you a good fee and they're paying you royalties which they are for me and jackson so we share uh some of our insights together so if, you, if you're looking at either and recurring revenue clients, keep recurring revenue clients, how to charge more per recurring revenue client, uh, like I just said in the intro, get more customers, make more customers, keep them coming back. Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. If you're interested to check out Jackson, so I'm going to have to spell this out. Okay. I think you would just uh, go to Twitter and type in Jackson Black Ledge. Like there's a, like the, like a ledge that's black. And he's got the uh, the the NFT style pixelated profile pic. Um, I'm sure he looks slightly more handsome in real life, um, but yeah, you, you just have to trust that the uh, the image is is good enough. But anyways, now nah, I'm just shitting you. So if you like the conversation, go check out Jacks on Twitter. Um, but that's it for today. For that's it for my introduction. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Hey, what's going on? My name is Jules Dan. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Jackson Blackledge. Jackson's uh, pretty into Google Ads. I don't think I've had anyone come onto Google Ads. And it's been a while since I recorded a guest on the podcast. And uh, Jackson's also Aussie. We're going to have a nice chat. He's also blown up his account on Twitter. So he's got a bit of a journey and story to share. Jackson, thanks for coming on the show, man. Oh, man, no worries. It's, uh, It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, how um, many? You no, go, no, no problem. Um, just out of curiosity, how many podcasts? So before I get into like, I love to ask like, maybe Cliff Knight's backstory. But I remember you made that tweet post. Um, who's got a podcast? Hit me up. I'm curious how many people reached out to you. Uh, five, five, six. Oh, that's pretty um, handy. Yeah, that's ten five, seconds man. of your time, and you are on six podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's good though because I, uh, I want to sort of spread my um. I don't know. I wouldn't say knowledge, but oh, I guess knowledge, but also what I've done, what worked, what didn't work, just to as many people as possible, right? Because I haven't built up sort of my, my YouTube think yet. So, like, if uh, I want to leverage other people's sort of audiences to kind of just um, teach them, you know, you know and, and kind of give their audience a bit of a bit of the source that I've obviously learned at the end yeah. of the day, it's just yeah. all about teaching others and, and kind of giving back. Because I was in the trenches for a long time, still am. Um, but if I make if, the, if I make one person's day easier or one person's journey easier to 
success or where they're happy with where they are, then I've, I've been uh, I'd, I'd call that a, a success. You touched my heart, Jackson. So um, yeah, like I might have, have to get a tissue after that. Yeah, you like it? <laughs> nah. <laughs> That's a good cause, man. I really like it. Like you care what you do and um, it's making an impact um, and you want to get your message out. So look, we're here today. We're having a chat. I'd love to know a bit about your uh, Cliff Notes backstory because everyone's got to struggle from, like you said, you were doing a bit of everything when it came to online media and ads. So yeah, keen to hear it. Yeah. As in, so where I sort of started or? Tell tell me, tell me in the middle of the story, what what was going wrong? And then you realized this has to change. Um, I would say the service I was offering. So I was, like I mentioned, it was, um, I did everything. I was so like, well, I was trying to become like a full stack agency with Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok. And it was more, whatever the client wanted, I'll, I'd fucking learn it. I'd be like, all right, bet. Let's do it. Sounds scalable. Email marketing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, six to eight months in, obviously we switched up to Google and and I haven't looked back, enjoying the service and um, being a special, uh, specializing in one service is, is ideal in my opinion. And we can work with clients that are, that they want to obviously pay a premium and yeah. um, performance based is obviously incentivizing for both parties too. But obviously yeah. the brands only like the performance based up until we're making a lot of money. So <laughs> anybody out there in the agency space, clients cry when you, you give them poor results as well as when you make them too much money. So you can't no win. win. But you, you negotiate with the brands at the end of the day we work out just gonna make sure that you like the clients you're working with and you you can good badge while you're at it yeah well lots of questions to unpack here so what gave you the idea to focus in on just one thing because surely surely there was some sort of influence or like podcast or book that you read that might have inspired you to like change things up or was it just like i'm fucking done with this oh well what happened was basically it's a funny story so what happened was your question basically what made me switch to Google? Yeah, like what was that so, thing yeah. that made you, like that catalyst to change? So one day uh, we were running ads for a pet store and then we got banned because we, we got told. Facebook? Um, it's like, yeah, on Facebook we got suspended for um, running, uh, what's it called? Ads that like um, for the platform type of thing. So um, a whole, whole business manager got suspended. So um, I couldn't run ads for any of the clients. So I was like, all right, we gotta be, we gotta be proactive here and not pretend that it's all over. Because I was like, fuck. Because at the time, I had a good amount of clients, and obviously all the Facebook ad accounts were, I couldn't, I couldn't get in. So then I was trying to obviously go through my my parents' Facebook to get into the business manager and stuff like that. Wow. And it was, this wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't ideal, you know. So then. At the end of the day, what happened was, I was like, "Fuck it, let's run some Google ads for a few clients, and we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens there." Because I already had two clients eager to start Google, so I was like, "All right, well, it's a perfect opportunity." And um, I love the platform. I just enjoyed it straight out of the gate, you know. And then I was like, and then I had discussions with the rest of the clientele. I was like, "Well, this has happened. Um, I, I solely want to run your Google ads, and that's it." Um, two or three clients left, and then but the rest just just stayed, and they're like, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, and then I referred them elsewhere for the Facebook ads because I just had enough of the platform because it was just ban after ban. I just, yeah, I wasn't enjoying it. Like I said, it's very Instagram and Facebook. It's just 
when you know what you're doing is good on ads and stuff, but this yeah. platform itself is just depressing as fuck. So, yeah, yeah, red tape, to, like you said. yeah, went over to Google ads and obviously changed my offer and uh, got some good brands on the, uh, on the clientele list mm-hmm. and the rest is, uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. Build up yeah. the brand and it's, uh, it's been good. Uh, yeah. You've you got a similar, similar path to me. Like things weren't working, you changed your offer and then things are going a lot smoother. Yeah. And I noticed that as well. Like a lot of my clients are griping about Facebook. Like, dude, just change your fucking YouTube ads because there's like no red tape at all. Um, yeah, there's obviously some obviously going to do dumb shit like weapons and drugs and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just um, it's so much more stable too, you know. And once a brand is well set up, then you can obviously um activate Google Ads pretty yeah. uh pretty proactively. But yeah, it's it's crazy too. Like if that never happened, if I never got banned from Facebook, not banned. Well, no, yeah, I couldn't use my fucking ad account. If that never happened, then would I be doing Google ads full time? You know what I mean? Full time yes. is crazy. So uh, definitely things happen for a reason. Eh? Well, no, I think it's a really good point and I can definitely relate with you. I remember I was doing this launch for a client. It was the most I ever charged, which was six and a half K US plus 5%. And they were the client from hell. Uh, like yeah, always dissatisfied, like not happy with like anything. I'm going beyond, above and beyond. And I was just like literally hating myself. And because I did at the time, fifty percent yeah. up front, fifty percent on the back end, um, they were they were oh, yeah, like to, ransoming yeah. me basically to just squeeze everything outside of the scope just so I could get my extra fifty percent. Um, yeah, I don't think if I had that situ- that that story that situation, I would have changed my offer because that pissed me off. And like you, like having no, to go through exactly. your parents' account, um, you're like this can't go on. So. Good on you, man. I like that. No, exactly. Because obviously, what was your offer before you did email list? Oh, uh, it was like I'll either do your autoresponder series or I'll do a launch. I had good fun doing launches because you made them a ton of money, and then you got these crazy testimonials. Um, but the issue with that was that they're like, "Yeah, I'm busy. You got me all these leads. Thanks. Um, I, I oh, and I can't refer you because I don't know anyone. So um, you just like left back to square one. Like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, straight up. Nah, it's a good, yeah. Everyone has their journey. And mm. uh, it's obviously, things do happen for a reason, in my opinion. Yeah, but, um, it's, uh, and now we ended up on the podcast via Twitter. It's like Twitter, bro. Like, we wouldn't have met each other if it wasn't for Twitter. It's crazy. I know. I would definitely want to touch on Twitter because everyone who's listening right now, Jackson had a good journey. Like, he blew up on Twitter. Now, I'm, I'm assuming you're getting lots of leads from that. Um, yeah, before- but it's... When it comes to Twitter, too, you obviously, my biggest sort of, um, what's it called, guidance and stuff is just be yourself. Like, Twitter's not LinkedIn, right? So don't treat it like chucking a suit and tie and be all professional. Of course, keep it sort of like superior and sort of top notch, but also be just be unique. You know what I mean? Just be, make sure you put your personality in there because you're going to have clients coming to you that are obviously wanting to work with you because one, the results and stuff, but two, um, because of your personality too. So yeah, I, I recommend obviously yeah, definitely just make sure you put a bit of personality within the, the, yeah. the content you put out and obviously yeah. staying consistent with content is really, really key as well. Don't just yeah. half ass it and stuff. You need to be able to 
uh, I'm going to put three threads out a week or two threads a week and two posts a day and stay consistent. That's like YouTube, I guess. That's it's very much uh, like when it comes to content and growing. Yeah. So, so just out of curiosity, uh, for people listening, did you follow some person's course or strategy or did you just post results, helpful advice on a consistent basis and it just sort of grew from there? Or what did that journey look like from zero to where you are right now? For Twitter or yeah. for the agency? Yeah, for Twitter. And we can get back to the agency too. Yeah, yeah. For Twitter? No, nah, I didn't buy a course. Um, I was lucky enough to... So you knowledge X, Andre and Christian. They're based in Tampa in Florida. They do um knowledge X. Um Legion. Thank you. Have a good day. Um and I was lucky enough because they got me on Twitter. So shout out Christian and Andre. They got me on Twitter. They were like so ecom's very tough when it comes to email Legion, right? They did a really good job. So shout out Knowledge X. Um mm. but they we're like, all right, bro, like we're seeing Twitter like starting to pop off and like we're getting a few leads. Like Andre was getting like 10 book calls a week from it. I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, I was like, nah, man, nah, man. I was like, you know what? Doesn't matter. Let's do it. So I got on Twitter. Andre was already at like 8K followers type of thing. And I was like, and it was, he was putting out good content and this and that. So I kind of, I kind of got advice from Andre and Christian from Knowledge X and then, um, from there, I wrote some content, threads, tweets, all that good stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I just kept it consistent. Obviously, I spoke to other sort of like people in the game, like Charles Miller, um, JK Molina, all that sort of, all those like uh, they do writing and stuff like that. Yep. So they, I got some source from them in regards to uh, how to kind of like um, leverage Twitter in the best possible way. Uh, but as well, they were putting threads out. So I was reading as much as I could. Um, but long story short, you just want to make sure you have, your, your content is really, really valuable. Um, and it's almost sort of course-worthy content, but people leverage that. And obviously, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, the brands or the clients that you want to work with will come to you mm. because they're like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He sounds like he knows what he's doing, so let's jump on a call with him. So... Yeah, that's that's, cool. uh, that's that's how I went around with Twitter and stuff like that. Just learned in the trenches along the way and tested a few things. Like, obviously, like those giveaway things do well for followers, but when it comes down to engagements and shit like that, I wouldn't be dedicating my whole whole uh, Twitter page about doing giveaways every second week or every week because you're just gonna get a bunch of yeah shitty engagement because people want free shit and you won't get the clients and nah but there's a lot of like hacks and source and they're within the twitter and it's all about testing at the end of the day so but yeah always be testing like you would be with your google ads that's it bro always be testing (laughs) a b fucking cd testing (laughs) exactly yeah um and so what's the quality of the client being like coming through i know you said you said results based um and, and was it always results-based yeah. or what was that shift? So like, I guess it's two questions. Let's ask the first one. What's the quality of the Twitter leads coming through? I just, like, of course, even with emails and stuff like that, you're always going to get um, clients that don't qualify and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's, it, it's, it's important that you have like some sort of qualification process in place. So at the start, I was qualifying clients just on the call. But now... They're qualified, obviously, via calendar. Applications. Questions. 
yeah, like a screening form. So if they don't, if they're not above like 50k per month, then I don't offer management. I just offer them like a, a one-time build-out type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're right now where we're 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 not in the game of starting businesses and kind of giving them up. We're, we're, we're sort of like scaling the business. So a brand is sort of at a plateau, or they're not even using Google Ads, but they've got a backing. They've got obviously. Um, sales coming in impressions on the site and the site's sort of uh, looking nice and swell but um, yeah so they definitely have a qualify, qualify sort of process in place for that but yeah the clients are pretty 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 good on Twitter because um, there's a lot of e-commerce people on Twitter so the clients are well but there's been a lot of times where I just some clients have a good store I could definitely work on their brand but mm-hmm. ideally they just need a few changes within Google and it's not really worth me charging them time because I don't want to obviously waste someone's time or charge them for something that they don't need so best business practice is just to hey, do x y and z I've done this audit for you real quick set this up for the next three or four months let's jump on another call when it's at this amount and we'll scale it further um, so yeah we'll do that quite often too for bigger brands just to keep it just to keep um, a G with uh, bigger clients. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you've got the recurring model locked down, and you're giving people lots of value. Just out of curiosity for the uh, like biz dev side, was your age like what did it look like when you first started agency? Was it just like I'll go do some ads, and then you know you write the ads for a fixed amount? Um, what's that? What's that journey bit looking like for your agency? Because yeah. I think people are really starting to realize recurring revenue is holy grail now. Oh, it's, yeah, that, it's a cash flow, eh? Like, it's so it's so important, too, um, because, yeah, you're getting that monthly sort of recurring. So I was doing flat fees for a long time, a straight up two and a half, three, or just a typical flat fee that every agency in this dog would do, you know? So I, I think I switched up to performance, like, like early Q1 or Q2. Now, Q1? Q1 of 2021, by uh, 2022. Um, but yeah, it's 2020, 2022 Q1. And what we do is obviously, yeah, we just take, um, if a big brand comes in, then we take above what they've already achieved and we only spend more uh, above a certain rise because we don't want to be like, all right, you've spent 100K and you've got 500K. So I'm just going to spend 400K now and you're going to have to pay me a lot of money. Like we make sure that the rise is, a, is above a certain amount for us to obviously be able to spend uh, above that. But we ensure we're only taking from the top line. So the clients, we just want to make sure the clients are happy in the situation because when your performance on par and you know how to do the service correctly, you're not scared to do performance-based and put that... Because it's a risk we're taking because we might, we, we might be working on this fat brand for six months and not get paid for four months if, if you don't know what you're doing, you know? But yeah, because we understand the process, we can kind of be like, ah, we'll do performance based, and the client is kind of not um not risking much. And then uh, at the end of the day, we work that out and invoice it from there. Well, it's interesting, man, because not everyone would have that mindset. And it's even crossed my mind because sometimes there are unknowns that you can't control, and like maybe they tell you something what you might think is like, oh, great, this is a great client. But when you get in there, like, fuck, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. What have yeah. I got myself but, into? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Was it instant? Did you instantly have this mindset or was it uh, like a gradual sort of like one foot in the water, one foot out, trying to get to that only results-based? 
No, that was, that's a good question, bro. I um, it was it's more because I was I'm very sort of like obviously I'm the CEO, the founder, blah blah blah. But I'm I'm very much I always want sort of like feedback and and criticism. Like I, it's good to just keep getting that like that that feedback loop going, you know. So I'm always asking the clients like, um, if we could change one thing, like what would it be? Like what could we do better? This and that. And someone mentioned performance based pricing. Um, I think it was a client or one of my mates said it, and then. I thought about it. I was like, how the fuck would we make that work? And anyways, I did a few different models. Um, some models worked well. Some just didn't make sense. Um, and then obviously we've come down to what we have today. But yeah, I think that mindset sort of switched. And because there's obviously, there's, there's, there's definitely downside. Um, but the, the upside, once done correctly, is huge. Bro. Huge. Like you, can, exactly. you can invoice clients 10, 15, 20K if, you're obviously um good at what you're doing you know what you're doing yeah that's it like if you're making these brands uh half a mil upwards of like a million dollars through google ads um then they're not they're not gonna worry they don't they're not there to get mediocre people within their google ad account they're not gonna care if they're, if they're, they're you know they're being invoiced 10 15k if they're making 800k you know what i mean um and obviously those clients uh the best clients you can get because you don't want those clients being like, ah, oh, well, I'm just going to get someone else to handle the account, which has happened before. Um, and then they go out and get someone else and then they come with, I've had four clients do that and I've had three clients come back. So it's a good ratio. So you I don't, accept, I'm not really You stressed. accepted them. You've been like, oh, no, no, I'm busy, man. Sorry. Oh, I added a bit of a tax. I added a bit of a percentage on for their bullshit. Then you're stressed. But it's, yeah. And uh, and obviously they're gonna pay for themselves because we're not just like a glorified sort of freelancer, you know. Because long story, like I hate the word agency nowadays because there's so many agency like uh, like new people coming into the space that is fucking it up. Like this results are poor and this and that. So every time econ brands hear the word agency, they're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, okay. Yes, um, I know what you mean, dude. I was helping write some lead gen copy for a lead gen agency, and they didn't know how yeah. to write lead gen copy i'm like what's going on here yeah you're like this is like saying yeah it's it does make sense and that's why i put on a post on twitter like last week or two weeks ago i was like if i had to, what's another word what's a good other word for like agency or growth even growth partners becoming the next sort of agency word so i don't know buzz, buzzword yep yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> so i have no idea like even just jab i don't know but we'll work it out Skin in the so, game, uh, partner. Just yeah, just gotta just gotta relate yourself as a company, I guess. I always always stay away from the word agency. Mm, I think I'm starting to stay away from freelancer as well because that has a lot of negative connotations too. Yeah, that um, just feels like upwork and yes. fiber and this and that. So even if you could, yeah, you come up with a, like a nice word that kind of explains what you do in that way. Just Google synonyms for freelancer. Or like the French way to say it or some shit like that. I would always say copywriting and list management business. And they're like, what? I'm like, okay. Let me yeah, explain. yeah, straight up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, so while we're on this topic, I think it'd be super interesting to compare notes. Um, yeah, man. We both got recurring revenue clients. Retention is so important. So what, right. are, yeah. so what, what are some of the, And keeping clients is a skill that, I've had to learn along the way. I'm sure you've had to learn a long way as well, Jackson. So, um, yeah. yeah. How do you max like, recurring revenue? Like, 
if you picture if like the longer they stay two three like all these years like that is well over six figures in revenue just for like little tiny things that you can do to keep them happy along the way so i'm keen to hear yeah your, that's the thing. your strategies so on top of obviously us like telling clients to think long term and all this stuff like you as a you as a business also have uh has to have had to think like that okay so you you want to be able to okay all right if i was an e-com brand owner or if i was a client what would i want you know what i mean so yeah i because you've done the hard yards you've done you've got them in you've done the content you've done the sales call you've done the onboarding so like maybe you've got them results as well that's it well, yeah, hopefully you get them results. And they're you know, always looking that's around. One. Yeah, oh, even if you get them results, they still look around. <laughs> it's um, That's why you want to become sort of like a friend in a way to your clients. You don't want to just treat it like, all right, here's that, here's this, bang, 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 all right, reporting's here's, you know what I mean? You want to kind of keep it professional, but just be friendly with your clients and yes. jump on calls and, and just become, because they can't fire a friend at the end of the day or they're going to find it very hard to. Um, and on top of that, recently, it took me a while actually, but I reached out to one of my mates, Jeremy Moser. Yeah, Jeremy Moser. I think I've seen him. Yeah. 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 And um, I was just, and I was asking like a group, I was like, what's the best hires and what's this and what's that? And also Andre from Nullajax again. Um, and they kept mentioning like a client success manager. So a CSM. So what their main role is, is long story short, LTV. Mm-hmm. So keeping, oh, clients, value. keeping clients happy. Yeah. Keeping clients happy. Um, communication, reporting, and then doing the monthly calls with clients. So I was like, all right, let's, um, let's, let's sort this out. It took me like four months to find the right person and the right person, he's probably listening to this too. Um, it was on and off cause he was uh, at another place and then, um, he was quite busy and I was like, fuck it, I'll wait. And, um, and then we, we sorted, we sorted it, got a time and it actually started this month, but, um, yeah, it, it's been probably one of the best tires that as well as sort of the CMO, um, that oversees obviously all the results for clients and stuff like that. They've been mm-hmm. the two best hires, in my opinion, because one, results are obviously very much taken care of. Um, and on top of that, the, the client success manager route, like the, the communication, the Slack notifications, making sure clients are happy, they're well attended, that's all sorted as well. So yep. for LTV of clients, um, you need to make sure communication's on point. You have obviously reporting and stuff on point. But let's be honest, if you're bringing them results, they're most likely going to stay. So that's probably the biggest, just definitely results. And I would say to the onboarding experience to your service has to be one of the most crucial aspects. Yeah, I fucked up with one client um, and I just didn't onboard. What happened? I I didn't onboard them in time or quick enough or... How long was the time from when uh, they gave you money? Oh no, we didn't even obviously charge them. But what? No, what happened? We 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 the meeting. We missed the first meeting. We had to reschedule, um, and then that that left the sour taste in the mouth. So they they bounced. Um, so that just goes to show, like that onboarding experience is is so is uh is so crucial because you need yeah. to make it because they don't know what's in the inside. You know, they they see the facade, 
but they, they don't know how you operate and stuff like that. So that was exactly. actually kind of like the kick in the ass because that happened a few months ago. So that was a, a kick in the ass I needed to basically get systems and operations in place. So I basically got someone that handles the onboarding calls, getting the right access, a copywriter obviously asks questions about the copy, mm-hmm. um, tech specialist gets everything we need in regards to access. So, because uh, I used to do everything, bro, but now it's I have this team around me. Obviously, it's reduced profit margins, but at the end of the day, I'm still happy with the amount of money coming in. And I've also got time, you know what I mean? So time is the currency that we can't get back. And I'm more than happy to get rid of 35% of the profits to get time back. Yep. Yeah. I'm glad you also said onboarding because I think I definitely want to circle back to what you're doing at that extra time now. Um, but through that onboarding experience as well, I, I learned the first time like you don't let this slip. As soon as they give you money, um, you send them an email or on the call, it's like, they give you money and it's like, okay, let's book in your onboarding call. Then you send this email being like, welcome aboard. Here's what we're going to do. Step one, step two, step three. Um, like just yeah. let them know the plan and that they've made the right decision. Um, and, and like in that for the communication, the first two weeks, I would over communicate on purpose because there's nothing worse than under communicating. So like, that's the this- thing. That is so true. That is so true, bro. And I think I'm working with a, a big name from Melbourne in the Legion space. Um, and yeah, he was obviously the similar. We met up for coffee and stuff like that too before we onboarded him. And um, he was the same. He was like, at the start, just over communicate with us. And then we'll know that you, you're good at what you do. And then and then we'll go from there. And that was so true. So now we don't, we just do end of week reports. Um with them and, and that's that's really it because they're not within Slack too much. So yeah, definitely over communicating with clients at the start is is key. Yeah. Because then it, they, they know that we're in their ad account and stuff. Doesn't have to be much. Like I've scheduled this email tonight. Uh this email got so so and so amount of people going to the landing page. Um you made a couple extra sales. Um for the next week I've got this plan, this plan, this plan. Can you can you send me this in the next few days? Um and Sometimes it's just like, well, it's just assumed what they might, what they should know, but but they're busy. Um, Like you said, they want to know you're a professional and uh, a lot of people don't do this. So the bar is set incredibly low to look like a professional and uh, keep them coming back. So um, yeah, it's a real good lesson. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Even if you have sort of like the structure you have and this and that, because you, yeah, you, you're obviously competing against the last agency that obviously they were with and stuff. So, um, you just end up set the bar a bit higher. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lose reception for about ten seconds. So you going through I'll a tunnel? Be back in, yeah, I'll be back in ten seconds. <laughs> All good. All right, tunnel's over. Tunnel's yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we just a recap for everyone here. We're like. We've talked about your journey so far on Twitter, um, the importance of recurring revenue and how to keep those recurring revenue clients. Um, that's super important. I want to ask now, um, because I heard that I was listening to, do you know Alex Mosey? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's smart. Yeah, he's yeah. a smart dude. Um, he brought up a good point this morning on a podcast I was listening. He was like talking about leverage and then he was like, some people 
will understand like their time for dollar, so to speak. And then they would trade, I don't know, let's just say video editing off because it's $50 an hour and they would charge 150. Like, Oh, it makes sense to then, um, you know, outsource this or in your, in your case, outsource a copywriter or a media buyer or yep. graphic design or whatever. But then they don't replace that time with something with higher leverage. So what have you done to replace your time with something that's higher leverage? That's, you a, that's kick, a really... You're just kicking back. Nah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. just had the golf course every day, smoking cigars. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's so true. I like, I like how Alex Emoji said that. So what he basically says for you to hire someone, then you have to do a higher leverage task that is obviously bringing you in more. Yeah, I like that. Obviously, right now, I'm spending my time um, or one person factor, I get to spend more time focusing on um, like my health in regards to like, going to the gym and shit like that. That's, That's super high leverage. Time yep. back. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's like I'm, put, I'm, I'm always thinking about, I'm able to think about new ways and put out new content and obviously every Monday, I block out my Monday mm-hmm. in Australia and yours as well, which is basically Sunday for America to just do content. So I'm making content for Reels um, and then that goes on to Reels, YouTube, all that stuff. But in regards to like the work week, what we what I do different is it, basically getting clients in, right? So I'm worried about how to get more clients in and how to obviously keep the current clients Um if that was if that's content, if that's obviously sending out proposals, um, putting my name out there, this and that, and then it's always going over the structure of the team and kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view of what can be better and making sure the whole yep. process is yep. effective and efficient as possible. That's because really I good want answer. to hire, but I want to make sure everything within the current company is um, effective and efficient. But it gives me the the time as well to potentially start another business too maybe another agency or maybe like, I don't know, look at doing a course or look at doing, um, I don't know, uh, a SaaS. <laughs> I have no idea, but it gives you that ultimate time to, to think about your next steps. And yep. all right, this is being handled so I can focus the time in here. And you get, you get to really pick where your time goes because when you get to a certain point, you, you kind of like, I wouldn't say you worry. Well, you do worry about where your time goes, but you're more time conscious. Like, no, it's not worth my time. Like, I'm not sitting around and watching the fucking news for two hours, or I'm, I don't want to go here because it's a waste of time. Like, I'd rather do this. Or yeah, you because like I said, time is something you don't get back. So you need to start treating the time like a, like a currency. You just never get back. So yep, yep. You want to be able to spend it in the best possible areas. I think the part you mentioned, Jackson, that really resonated with me, I think even for someone else listening, is that your time to think and um, thinking is where the money is made. And a lot of us don't, I guess, like, so for example, last two weeks or just, I've just been cashing out from Black Friday, basically. And I've been putting my clients first, which is not a good idea for, for the last month. And I had not any time to think about things like content, things like, how do I make more money? Um, only until Next this steps. morning. Yeah, yeah, only until this morning. I was like, great, I've got an hour. I can sit down and journal and, and look what's where I can move forward and stuff. Um, yeah. So if people because, are thinking, yeah, sorry, what you say? I was going to say because you, yeah, you need to 
be able to obviously look after what you've got, but also you don't want to stop that momentum of obviously growing or getting new leads in or, or stopping the ideas. Cause think for think for forward like 60% and then execute correctly for the 40, you know, like me dropping a course or me dropping YouTube strategy, like uh, a YouTube sort of playlist or content. Like uh, I'm not just going to do it because uh, this and that is going to be, I'm going to just do whatever. Like I want to execute it just correctly. Obviously, the people get as much value as they get. Um, but on top of that, you want to set up like the, the correct set of models so you get incentivized because of the cash flow and stuff like that, right? But you don't want to set something up that's you put all this, this time into and just turns to shit. So like even if you're starting a new business, like you don't even have to like this is how SaaS goes. Like they don't actually have the SaaS yet. They just put a wireframe up as like a website um, and they first sort of see if people would actually buy the SaaS, you know, um, instead of spending 20K building the SaaS and then no one buying it. So definitely what I'm getting out of there is even if you wanted to start a new business or an agency model or an offer or something, just test the waters first. And then sort of, so yeah, someone said, I think it was Alex Amozi or Ravia Abavoli or whatever his name is. Oh, he's been on the podcast. To, yeah, it's... What was it? You want to build? No, no. You build afterwards. You sell first or something like that. So basically, if I did Google Ads for Ecom brands, you know, and I had no clients, instead of me obviously setting up the back ends, getting everything sorted, this and that, I first make sure the market actually wants it. And then you build, you know. That's that's a good idea with anyone with like lower cash flow and stuff like that. Yeah, Make definitely. sure the business model is actually right. That's exactly right. It's like a really popular method to like build the course as you're going along with the students who've paid to prove the concept. Um, right. I'm done myself, but um, yeah, I like that idea. Hey, dude. So we're getting close-ish to an hour. I think this would be a good time to wrap up. Um, you, the the floor is yours to talk about. You know, what are you working on right now? Plus, you know, if people are interested in getting something for free or finding you online. Where's the best place? Yeah, for sure. Um, what I'm working on now is continuing just to build up Jabby Media, wanting to work with bigger and just better brands and scale up from there. Obviously via Google Ads. Um, I was I was I was thinking about dropping a course this month actually, but what I'm gonna do is put it all on my YouTube and just put out the source well as much as I can on YouTube. Um, and then I'm I don't know I might do a course in like three to four years, but I just want to keep giving first and give the knowledge. Um, because I know when I started, obviously courses were um, obviously expensive and stuff. So I don't want to sell something to someone that's just starting out. Or I'll give it to people. So that's going to be my on my YouTube. Um, but yeah, other than that, just Twitter at Blackledge with a V. So B L V C K L E D G E. Um, Ecom, Google Ads, Ecom, about entrepreneur stuff, and obviously my link trees in there too. But that's about everything. But yeah, I appreciate your time, bro. And uh, thanks for having me on. That's all right, dude. Thanks a lot. And I hope you continue to crush it. And um, yeah, we'll keep in touch because we're in Australia. Thanks a lot for coming for on. Sure, bro. All good, man. Of course, that's the conversation with Jackson. Go check us out on Twitter. More importantly, go check out Jackson. He's, he's, he's how you spell it. He's, he's our Twitter handle. B-L-V-C-K-L-E-D-G-E. I'm going to leave that in the description below. Uh, and you can also check out your truly Jules Dan copy at Jules Dan copy to, uh, to um, follow along on the Twitter journey. So other than that, thanks a lot for tuning in. Go rate, review, res- subscribe, subscribe.
if you enjoy the podcast, share it with a friend. I think it's more important than leaving a review is to share it with a friend who's got some value. And um, yeah, let's crush 2023 with some recurring revenue clients. Have a good one.